Hey guys, welcome back to the Take a Seat, Not a Side podcast hosted by Kelsey and Brian Halverson. This is a couples podcast where we dive into all things pop culture with our own special twist. Let's get started. We're back. Hello, brothers. No. <laughs> Brian. Kelsey said we cannot say hello, brothers, on the podcast tonight, and I broke the rule already. I just oh bought a NASCAR racing game for PlayStation 4, and I'm trying to fit in. You had one. We had one rule going into this. One rule. And you couldn't make it 30 seconds in. Well, some people will appreciate that. Some people will get it. Some people aren't even going to understand it or why it's been annoying me. (laughs) You've been saying it just as much as me. I know because it's addicting. (laughs) No. Anyways, if you guys watched our last episode, we talked about movies and we had, or should I say movies we had recently watched. And we had planned to transition into a different topic, but because we rambled on for so long about Scream and Dune, we never actually got to it. And that's that me and Brian have been quote unquote reading, but not really reading. (laughs) So we went an entire year not talking about books at all. And there's a reason for that, because we both hate reading. I own a lot of books, and I like to buy books. Buying books is fun. I have probably eight to ten books on my bookshelf that I will never actually read. But we found the joy of ebooks. I feel like, speaking of that, like I'm kind of the same way. Like I'll buy books, and I'm like excited about them. But I just feel like I can't just sit still. I'm not good at just sitting still. Like, this podcast is about as long as I can sit still for. I like to be able to do stuff. I like to move around. And, like, with an audiobook, you can listen to it while you're doing things. It's not like you have to have something in your hands that you're staring at. Yeah, I should say specifically audiobooks, not just ebooks. I think ebooks would be, like, the Kindle also, which doesn't serve me any purpose. So, audiobooks. I love podcasts, obviously. We have a podcast um and it just kind of reminds me of a podcast but just like a complete story so i loved it from the start there's a specific audiobook that i'm listening to right now that i'll talk a little bit more about later but i've restarted that book probably three or four times and i get about three or four chapters in and then i just lose interest uh, and not because the book isn't interesting it's just because i am a very lazy reader So I just really never thought I'd finish it. But here I am. I got like one or two chapters left and I'm almost done. Kelsey likes it because she just likes to, you know, work out clean, whatever, while she listens. And I like to do it because when I read a book, I will reread the same paragraph three or four times, get through it and still have no idea what it said. So it's just a, a huge waste of time and it ends up taking something that's supposed to be fun and it makes it like a chore. So, Well, and you have like ADD, so... That comes into play, too. I think it's a little easier to reverse 15 seconds and just listen to the part you missed versus getting through a whole paragraph and being like, wait, what did I just read? Which is something I always struggled with in school. Like, if I wasn't interested in the subject and we had to do reading, I would read through the whole paragraph and I'd be like, wait, what the heck? That's why my highlighter was, like, my best friend. So I could, like, highlight sections that I knew were important as I went. The thing is, too... There's just so many platforms that you can use for audiobooks. By the way, I mean, obviously, we are a small podcast that's recorded in a basement. So we are not sponsored by any of these companies. I started with Audible. I got a couple of books. They had a special going on. But then I was like, 
$16 or something like that a month to get one book. And yes, you get a free selection of books too, but like the books that I was always interested in weren't included in the free selection. And I was like, this is going to become very expensive because honestly, if I just focus on it, I can finish one of these books in like seven days. So to get a free book a month, it just really isn't beneficial to me when I'm looking at all these free books and I don't like any of them. So it's really just one book a month costing me $16 or something like that. So I kind of got rid of that. got a couple of books and then I get to keep them even though I don't have a membership anymore. So that's, that's a neat aspect to it. So I'm not criticizing it. I would just say keep an eye out if you're going to use Audible. A lot of like podcasts and YouTubers will have like promo codes. So like listen up for those and save yourself a buck, you know? Audible actually saved my bacon because this book, uh, it's a, it's Whirlwind by John Furling. It's a book about the American Revolution. It's nowhere. Like, you can't get that book anywhere else on audio besides Audible. And because I wasn't a member, I was able to sign up. And if you are an Amazon Prime member and sign up through Audible, you actually get two free books. And then like Kelsey said, you get to keep them. So I have this book. I canceled my membership already. And I get to uh, I get to keep it, and I get one more book, even though I have no interest in maintaining my membership. So that was really cool. Yeah, I had the same thing. You know, the first month is a very good deal because you have to go seek out that deal. But once you find it, it's a good deal, obviously. Oh, I've said that like three times. It's a good deal. But I feel like after that one month, like you just have to be – you have to balance it in your brain – is it cost effective to keep something like this? So rather than doing memberships, Kelsey and I went out and got library cards. We got a library card. Funny enough, my dad and I used to go to the library all the time. I would get all my CDs from the library because my library had CDs. I grew up in a city, so when Brian tells you a story about his library... You can imagine they're quite different. Um, but it had CDs. It had DVDs. So I was pretty used to like a library that had a lot going on. But when we walked into our local library, oh my gosh, it had everything. It was like a blockbuster. If you're too young to know what a blockbuster is, uh, I can't help you. I don't think anyone on our podcast is too young to know what a blockbuster is. They might be. Who? When did the last Blockbuster close? Like five years ago, maybe. I don't know. Let's Google it. I'm just saying. Thank God Family Video closed. They're going to come for us and all of our video fees. The last Blockbuster is still around. It's still open. There's a Blockbuster open in uh, Bend, Oregon. There is a Blockbuster open? No, there's not. How certain are you of this fact? 100% positive. So, yes, we <laughs> there's, there's, no, <laughs> there's nobody listening that we have to clarify. If you're too young to know what a blockbuster was, <laughs> who do you think's listening to our podcast? Gen Toddlers? Z. Gen Z. <laughs> if you really think about it, though, these preteens out here are growing up with Netflix They'll never know that Redbox was, like, new to us when we were kids. Getting off topic here. So, not to be a nerd, but you can sign up for a library card online and then go pick it up at your local library. And I don't know if that's for every location, but, like, we're in West Bend, Wisconsin. It's not like we're, like, in a modern big city, and we were still able to do it. And then there's multiple apps that you can use. And through these apps, you can get free books. So free ebooks, like like you would with a Kindle, where you're reading it off your phone. Or you can get free audiobooks. And this blew my mind because now there's no cost. The only cost that comes into play is if you happen not to return it on time. And you get to shop all of the libraries that are in your, like, district. I do find it funny you have to return an audiobook. 
It is a little funny. But you know what? I mean, they only have so many copies, and it keeps people in demand. But it's like a library, so you can put things on hold. So if they're all <laughs> booked out, don't laugh at me. That's what you did. You put How many books did you have on hold the other day? Oh, I overdid myself. So I finished a book, and then I was like, oh, crap, what do I do now? So I looked up, like, I'm really into true crime, and I'm really into, like, nonfiction books. So I looked up, like, the top ten true crime nonfiction books, and I just start putting everything on hold because I'm like, everything's booked out, hold, 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 whatever comes in first. All of a sudden, I wake up the next day, and I got three books in, and I'm like, oh, crap, because now I have to make a decision. (laughs) You only get them for 14 days, and if they're a popular book that somebody else has on hold after you, you can't renew them. So that was a mistake. But regardless, now you're using a different app, right? Well, I'm still using my Audible token. But, like, you went a different route to get audiobooks with your library card, right? Yeah, I mean, I didn't get a book on there yet, but yes. But like you were saying, when you sign up for the library, they have, like, three or four different online databases. So the app that I had on my phone was one database. Kelsey had a different one. But now I have all of them that they offer. So do you want to go run through what they have? Yeah. And in fact, I totally forgot to even mention what I was using. I'm using Libby. I love it, but I've never used anything else. So I guess I don't know the comparable benefits. Once again, not sponsored. But if you want to sponsor me, Libby, I could rave all day about how good you are. I don't think Audible is sponsoring us now. <laughs> And then another one was Monarch to go. Monarch, the number two go. And I don't know if you can sign up for these without library cards and then you can get free books or pay a subscription or whatnot. I just know that they are free through the library. So I would at least check your local library and see if you can get those for free. If they are not. Overdrive is another one. I think those are the most popular ones. But like Brian was saying, once you sign up with your library card and you go into your local library to pick up your library card, you're going to realize what other sources are available. And they may differ for each library. But you know what? Libraries are making a comeback, guys. You're paying so much for Netflix. Your libraries have so many DVDs if you all have DVD players still. And you can't watch Blu-ray on Netflix. Like, the quality of streaming on a Blu-ray disc is going to trump a Netflix stream every single time. So, if there's a, a movie that you think is like uh, like Dune, if you want to watch Dune, try to rent the disc or try to go get the Blu-ray from somebody because it's going to be better than the stream. Hands down, no argument. If you're arguing with me, then you're just wrong. I'm right on this one. <laughs> Well, and also when you use our library, you don't have to be surprised by any increases in rates or anything like that, too. Like, you could be signed up for Netflix and they could just decide that they want to raise how much it costs every month, which is unfortunate. Don't get me wrong. I love Netflix. I tend to watch it because there's shows that I like that are only on Netflix, which is the whole appeal of Netflix, you know. But that being said... I like going to a library, too, and picking out movies that I wouldn't have even thought of until they're in front of you. So, I mean, (laughs) we've done that every single location that we've lived at. I've opened a family video account in probably probably 12 cities, and I think everyone has a late fee, and they don't don't correspond. They don't uh, communicate with each other. So we would show up to a new family video like Bonnie and Clyde, like, hey, can we rent these movies? And just crossing our fingers that they don't call it the late fee that we have at the old family video. And they never did. And they'd always give us one month of coupons. So we'd get like a full month of buy one, get one free and a bunch of dollar movies for free. It was sweet. It was sweet. Um, rest in peace, family video. It's so funny. You say Bonnie and Clyde. I was literally about to call us the Bonnie and Clyde of family video. And we also act like we've never heard of a family video. Every time we walk in, Oh my God, this is so neat. You just come here and rent these. Oh, free coupons for a month? Oh, my God. Who would have thought? Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. For me? Thanks. So you want to nerd out for a minute here and talk about 
what we've been listening to? Well, like I said, we haven't been able to talk about books uh, at all because <laughs> we never read them. Um, so we're just going to talk. I've finished a book and a half. I think Kelsey has finished two books. I have finished three books, but one was kind of short. Oh, geez. It pumped the brakes over there. And I've started one recently that I'm a couple hours into. That's the thing, too. You don't realize how long a book is until it tells you that it's 18 to 19 hours of audio. And you're like, holy crap. So the first book I got was called The Killer Across the Table. And it is by John Douglas. And he's a famous... Well, as famous as you can be as an FBI special agent, but he is actually one of the basis for the behavioral science unit at the FBI. Um, he is known for, if anyone's watched the Netflix show Mindhunter, that's based on him and what he did for the FBI, which was him and his colleagues went out and interviewed essentially murderers, serial killers, to kind of get to know, like, their backgrounds and what makes them tick and why they are the way that they are. And there is a book called Mindhunter, and that's, like, one of the more popular books, so that one was out. But then I saw that there was this one, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll listen to this one instead because it's available. I'm not sure what the Mindhunter book is about, but this particular book took like five instances where he interviewed five different murderers and like broke it down and discussed like what he learned about these individuals. Um, And I like that they weren't all ones that I've heard of, so I got to learn something new. And also in a very nerdy way, some of the things that he would say has made me really start to analyze like other people's like body language if that makes sense and it makes you kind of paranoid you're like looking at people like I'll be walking my dog by myself and I'll be like looking at my neighbors like hmm 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 I don't know you go into a grocery store right and you look around there's like a high probability that there is some unknown murderer in that grocery store with you. I, know. I disagree with that. Whether it's one person that they accidentally kill one night when they're drunk or multiple people that they kill and bury in cemeteries so that nobody finds the bodies. You think that at any given time you're in a grocery store, there's a serial killer in there? I mean, there's not guaranteed to be one, but chances are high. I didn't say serial killer. I said murderer. Serial killer implies that there's a series of killings. Let's say there's a man. Got drunk one night, hit his girlfriend, killed her, and hit her body. And next thing you know, he's buying yogurt next to you at the grocery store. He's the only one that knows his secrets. Take caution when reading books like this, because it'll make you start to think. So is that book free for you? It was free for me. And I'm waiting for Mindhunter, the book. That one is on. So is that book free for you? Yes, it is free with my library card. So I'm looking right now. It's it's $24.99 on Apple Books. The Kindle is $11.99 and the hardcover is $36.95. So Kelsey got it for free. Thirty six ninety five for the hardcover new on Amazon, yeah. And you know what? I didn't even have to wait for this one. He's got a bunch of books. Um, really, only three of his are available, at least through this app. Um, Mindhunter being one of them that I have on hold that I'm waiting on. But, like, yeah, you can't beat it. I didn't even have to wait. And if you do have to wait, I mean, just read something in the meantime. And by read, I mean listen. If you're interested in Criminal Minds, I would recommend this book. And if you're interested in true crime in general, I would recommend this book. So the book I have finished is, (laughs) 
I get that this is probably a kid's book. Well, it is. It is a kid's book. Uh, Treasure Island. So this goes back to the fact that I've never read Treasure Island because I don't really read books. And the TV show Black Sails came out a few years ago. And Black Sails is a uh, an amazing show. It's only, I think it's three, maybe four seasons. Uh, it's awesome. And the whole concept of Black Sails is that it's a prequel to the Treasure Island books. So there are, if you've ever read Treasure Island, there are a lot of crossover characters. Um, Captain Flint is in both. Benjamin Gunn, he's not a big character in the TV show, but he's in both. Um, Captain Flint is the main protagonist of the the television show. Um, who else is in both? Benjamin Gunn, Captain Flint, Billy Bones, obviously Long John Silver is in both. Uh, you kind of see how he becomes Long John Silver. It's just a really, really good show. And then on top of the the pirates from the book that are in the TV show, it also mixes in some famous real pirates from back in the day. Um, Anne Bonny, Benjamin Hornigold, Charles Vane, Blackbeard, Jack Rackham, which, and Jack Rackham, which, if you don't know, Kelsey, do you know any other famous pirates named Jack? Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. So Jack Sparrow is based off of Calico Jack Rackham. And the show, they don't, it's not like a comedy really, but you kind of get some Jack Sparrow vibes from this Jack Rackham um, pirate. So very cool. Very cool show. And they do a really good job with it. Um, but after this, after the series was over, I'm like, man, like if this is all based off Treasure Island, like I should really check out Treasure Island. Obviously, I don't read books, so I never got around to it until we discovered audiobooks. And I don't want to say discovered audiobooks because we knew I, I knew audiobooks existed. I guess I just never really gave them the time of day. But yeah, I finished Treasure Island in like two weeks. Um, it was great. It was, it was really cool. Um, I'd probably recommend watching Black Sails more than I would recommend reading Treasure Island because I don't know, whatever. The book. It's a legendary book, but it's more for kids. The Black Sails series is sweet. So if you haven't seen if you haven't read the book or seen the series, yes, do both. If you've only read the book, definitely watch the series. And if you've only watched the series, definitely check out the book. I would almost say it's the same thing with um the Mindhunter show and the killer across the table, because like you were saying you know, you watch the Mindhunter show, but you might be craving more information or different information because the murderers that he interviews in the show are different from that particular book. They might be the same in the Mindhunter book, I imagine, but they're different from the Killer Across the Table. So, like you were saying, you know, check out the other if you've only checked out the one, if that makes sense. Okay, the next book I listened to was pretty short. I think it was like three and a half hours. I literally finished it from start to finish one day while I was cleaning the house and actually packing to go out of town for my grandmother's funeral. So I was listening to it just as I did laundry and things like that. And it's The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule. So let me first start by saying, okay, it's about Ted Bundy. I read, and by read, I mean physically read, the Phantom Prince after watching Extremely Wicked and Shockingly Evil and Vile on Netflix, which is the movie about Ted Bundy that starred Zac Efron and Lily Collins. Because I was just really interested. I mean, I didn't even know that this was a true story, that he had, you know, a relationship going on while he was off killing people which is just crazy and I'm always so interested as to like how people don't know that their father or mother or significant other or spouse how they don't even suspect something and I'm not saying that it's their fault for not suspecting something I just find it so strange that these people are able to hide this part of themselves so so much 
And I always knew that this other book existed, The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule. And what it is, is he used to, and by he, I mean Ted Bundy, used to work for like a crisis line. And I think he was actually just a volunteer. I don't know if he actually ever got paid, but regardless, worked for a crisis line. And this was a woman that worked with him and they like formed a friendship over the years and like stayed in contact even when they weren't working together. And it's kind of like her perspective as to like the Ted Bundy that she knew versus what she later learned about him. The Phantom Prince is written by, she goes by Elizabeth Kendall now, but that's an ex-girlfriend of Ted Bundy's. And this one is written by Anne Rule, like I said, who was a friend of Ted Bundy's. So both perspectives, you get to kind of learn about how they knew Ted Bundy. The difference with The Phantom Prince is that she didn't really shy away from talking about the negative things about him. And, like, she never really sugarcoated him as a person. And this might be controversial opinion. I know that this... I know The Stranger Beside Me is a number one, and a lot of people love this book, but I couldn't help but feel the whole time like this woman still pitied Ted Bundy. Knowing everything he did, and even in the end, she says, I have no doubt that he did these things. She still seemed to like be able to separate the killer from the person that she knew. And that just throws me because they're the same person. I don't know. I just felt like she was really sympathizing with him. And maybe that's just me. But like with the Phantom Prince, I could tell that this woman did not sympathize with this horrific murderer. But with The Stranger Beside Me, I really got the feeling that she did sympathize with him. She literally stayed in contact with him and stayed friends with him until he was executed. And I would say friends because they were pen pals and they stayed in communication. I just, I want a dangerous man. I want a dangerous man. She did admit at one point that she was attracted to him. And I know he was an attractive person, but like to still include that, I don't know. Okay, let's say you're friends with somebody at work. Okay? Ongoing friendship. One day you find out that they've murdered people. Would you continue that friendship? What's in it for you at that point? Unless you're thinking to yourself, ooh, one day I'm going to write a book about this. Why would you not want to distance yourself from that? And, like, it's not like they were best friends since they were children. They were friends because they worked together. You don't owe him your friendship. And you don't wait around to see if it's true. He murders women. You get the heck out. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too critical. I wasn't a fan of the book. I feel like I didn't learn as much as I did with The Phantom Prince. And I feel like The Phantom Prince, for somebody who actually dated him, she was able to have more of a neutral stance on things versus obviously being swayed. You know the best thing about reviewing nonfiction books is we don't have to worry about spoilers because people should at least kind of know how it ends, right? Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. (laughs) He turned into a serial killer. So the other book that I started, it's actually the book I was talking about that I've started reading three or four times is Whirlwind, The American Revolution, and The War That Won It. And that's written by John Furling. John Furling specifically writes about the American Revolution. There's a couple other big-time authors that cover um, John Adams, Alexander Hamilton, and the works. But this specific book I picked out because it really goes into depth about everything leading up to the war, which is something that really interested me. So like I would say the first half of the book is about the conflict that led up to the 13 original colonies declaring the independence and then starting the war. And then the second half of the book is 
the war itself. Um, like I was saying about nonfiction books, like we know that we started the war because we wanted freedom from Great Britain. And we know that we won the war, but this book goes really in depth into the why and the how there even was a war to begin with. I'm not going to turn this into a history class because that will bore everybody. I mean, we're already talking about books. I don't need to give you uh, my take on the revolution. I will just say it. I learned a lot. Like I was already interested in the revolution and I've already watched um, the show Turn, which is about Washington's spy circle that he had that was really pivotal in the war. Uh, but I'm learning so much. I'm learning so much from this book. I made a Facebook status recently. <laughs> I I just wanted to uh, give John Adams his credit. John Adams is, uh, first of all, he's Samuel Adams' cousin, and my love for the Sam Adams beer is well documented. Um, but John Adams, like, there is no war without John Adams. Someone that I was talking to about this really described it well. They said that if George Washington was the sword of the war, then John Adams was the pen. John Adams was... So crucial. I would put him maybe 1B behind Washington's 1A of most important founding father, at least in terms of starting and winning the war for independence. And I just don't, I don't think he gets the credit that other big names get, like Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton, Benjamin Franklin, who in their own rights are top tier founding fathers in terms of American independence. But that's just my Ted talk on John Adams getting his fair shake. Kelsey, do you agree? My gosh, which is what led to if anyone follows Brian personally on Facebook, because I wouldn't allow it to be posted on the podcast site. This is why he was like, who's your favorite founding father? Like as if that's a casual conversation to have on Facebook. Did you see how much... People did respond. People did respond. Yeah, there's some other history nerds out there. I couldn't even name. He told me to name my top five. I named three. Let's do it right now. Name it. <laughs> no. no. Oh, my God. I gave you some. I already gave you some. That's not fair. Let's do this. <laughs> Pop quiz. No. Pop quiz. Try your darndest to name the original 13 colonies. And I will give you... Hmm. I don't want your help. No, I'm not going to give you states. I'm going to give you three strikes. Do we really have the time to be naming 13 states? Yes, we have all the time in the world. Delaware is the first state. Delaware is one of the original 13 colonies. It's the first one. That I cannot confirm, but it is a. Th- it is one of the 13 colonies. It's the first one. Why do you say that? I learned it today. In fact, I'll get into that in a second here. I don't, yeah, no, I just looked it up too. I was going to say, I thought Jamestown was, and I'm pretty sure Jamestown is the first city founded, and that was in Virginia. Well, Virginia. Thanks, Brian. Tricked ya. New Hampshire. Yes. Not to be confused with Old Hampshire. <laughs> New York? Yes. Massachusetts? Yes. Okay. How many do I have left? About half. Maine? No. That's your first strike. Vermont? No. That's your second strike. Well, we didn't go out west yet, so I'm going to avoid those states. Just basically go down the east coast. Don't help me. Vermont is on the East Coast. And that was a no. Rhode Island? Yes. Connecticut? Yes. How many are left? (laughs) How many are left? Six. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Sorry. You got Virginia. There's five left. West Virginia? (laughs) Is that a no? <laughs> Pennsylvania, North Carolina. Oh, Pennsylvania. South Carolina and Georgia. 
Pennsylvania. I should have known that one. They got the bell. Not the Taco Bell. Brian said my jokes aren't funny. And you know what's funny is when he edits them, like, it's just like silence. Because <laughs> he takes out the background noise. So it's just like Kelsey's joke that didn't land. And then just like silence. And then we move on to another topic because you edit out the awkwardness. Okay, so like, next topic. No one laughing at my joke. <laughs> okay, so my next fully completed book and my last fully completed book is called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. And then underneath, or the subtitle, I guess I should say, One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer. So the Golden State Killer actually was recently captured, and we actually have talked about him on the podcast before because I just think things are coming a long way, and I think it's great that they are because these people who feel like they got away with something for so long truly didn't. So in 2018, using the Ancestry site's the DNA sites, they were able to track down Joseph James D'Angelo. And he is the Golden State Killer. He pled guilty to the murders. Unfortunately, most of the rapes are actually out of... What's it called? Oh, most of the rapes, unfortunately, are at the statute of limitations, so they cannot be tried, which I think is absolutely ridiculous and I don't even know why that's a thing if you have the proof that should be it but it doesn't really matter because he's not getting out ever so but this woman Michelle McNamara and I really hope I'm saying her name right I just don't feel like sitting here and listening to the name to make sure I am so I'll just call her Michelle (laughs) but if you look up this book you're gonna find it um she was just absolutely obsessed and she worked with real detectives and she really put her all into researching the crimes and her book was actually written before he was caught. And unfortunately she actually passed away before he was caught too. So this is coming from a perspective of somebody that is studying crimes that have not been solved. So she really is putting the pieces together or trying to, As someone who's just an author, you know, she has no detective experience. She doesn't work for the FBI. She's not a cop. And she's not someone that's just reading back on other people's work and then writing a book about it. She is actually out there doing the work. And, you know, she doesn't have any straight facts as far as DNA goes because it just hadn't come that far yet. But, well, let me rephrase that. It started to come to, but not to the level that it is now. You know what I mean? Now we have Ancestry.com, 23andMe, all these sites that we can utilize. It's a bad time to be a serial killer. And also they're trying to say that it's unethical to use those sites. Who would argue that? You know who would argue that? A serial killer who hasn't been caught yet. I'm sorry, but if your long-lost cousin wants to know what their ancestry is, sucks if you're a murderer and you're linked to them. Sorry about it. Don't commit a crime if you don't think you might get caught one day. I don't know what else to tell you. I really like this book. I didn't know a whole lot about the Golden State Killer. I knew things from, like, podcasts. Um, This actual book got turned into a documentary on HBO, so if you're not much of an audiobook person either, you can go watch that as well. Um, But it was interesting to learn the facts that she was laying out there, and then to go and research the actual guy, the Golden State Killer, and see like what kind of connections were being made. So he was actually a police officer. During the time that he was committing a lot of his crimes. And that's something they kind of alluded to as well. So. And she like 
admits in this book that she was obsessed. Like she says in the title, obsessed. Like at one point she was like looking through a yearbook and she like saw somebody that had the build that this man was described to have. So she like did this long lost research to find out who this one polo player was or like, um, not pool polo. What is it called? Water polo. <laughs> pool polo. <laughs> this water polo player was because she thought that his his body looked like the serial killer. I mean, she just really put her life into it. It's really unfortunate that she was not able to see this man get captured. And what else is really unfortunate, and it's addressed in the book, is the detectives that captured the Golden State Killer think that she did nothing to help. But you want to know what's interesting about that? They keep calling him the Golden State Killer. Who do you think came up with that name? Was it McNamara? Yeah. So you're going to say she did nothing to help you as you use the name that she gave the killer. Hmm. And the thing is, maybe her tips didn't lead anywhere or maybe the evidence that she presented didn't lead anywhere but it got people talking and it got people refocused on this guy and sometimes drawing attention to these cold cases is all it takes for people to be like oh yeah we never solved that also this book justifies a theory that I've had all along I think the reason that there aren't as many serial killers anymore is because they're scared. DNA evidence has come so far. Look what we're able to do. I think they're scared. I think that's the reason the Zodiac Killer stopped. I think it's the reason that this guy stopped. In fact, there is a guy. I'm trying to think of who it is now. And while you think of it, not just DNA testing, but security cameras, like ring doorbells went around 30 years ago. Surveillance, yeah, in general. The behavioral science unit, that's a big part of it, too. I'm not saying serial killers do not exist. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when you look at all these major serial killers in the 80s is when they were really prominent, which is kind of before the DNA evidence really got to the place it is today. I'm not going to be able to think of who it is without actually reading the book. But regardless, they had interviewed a serial killer that was caught. And if I think of the name of it, I will say it. I want to say it was the son of Sam, but I don't think it was because he was caught differently. But somebody had said that the reason that they took a break in killing was because A, they got married. And B, because of technology. Oh, I know. It was the Green River Killer. He said that the two reasons was he got married and he was scared of where technology was going. What was the bigger reveal? The Golden State Killer or the Zodiac Killer? Well, I don't feel like there's much confirmation for the Zodiac Killer yet. At least from what I've read. Um, He would be a major one because everyone knows about him. But he's not alive anymore. The Golden State Killer, this man was just hiding out. Oh, you told me a funny story. You said that then when police arrested him, he was baking something? Oh, yeah. They went to arrest him, and his only concern was that he had a pot roast in the oven. Hold on, hold on. I got a pot roast in the oven, guys. Not, I didn't do it. What are you arresting me for? I have a pot roast in the oven. Well, I'm so sorry you didn't get to eat that pot roast. What a freaking shame. Real quick, books that I've started... But did not finish. Um, I started the book by the two women that do the My Favorite Murder podcast. Um, it's called Stay Sexy, Don't Get Murdered. It just wasn't what I was looking for. Um, got through a couple of chapters. I'm not saying it's a bad book. I just think it's more of a self-help book. But in like a funny, dark humor way. And that's just not what I was particularly seeking out. So because I had another book rented well, rented, on loan, whatever you'd call it, at the time, 
and had limited time to finish it, I did decide to return that book and continue with the book I was listening to. So, I have started a nonfiction book, though. Do you want to hear about it? I'd love to. So, one of my favorite movies is Gone Girl. And I was at work the other day, and somebody had said to me, did you read the book? And I was like, oh, it's funny you say that. I bought the book. I own the book. But I had started it and had never finished it. And then I was like, oh, I bet it's, like, on hold for forever. Because, like, Gone Girl was a major movie. Obviously, it had Ben Affleck in it. It's probably, like, way rented out. And it was available. And, babe, don't say that my books aren't as long as yours because... 18 hours. It's a doozy. My other ones were like 11 at the longest. So I've started it, and it really does go into so much more detail. And I already know that I like the story of Gone Girl. And I already know that I like the story of Gone Girl. So, like, for there to be more to it, I'm definitely not mad about And I will say, from what little I've listened so far, I like that from Amy's perspective, we are learning about the beginning of their relationship. And from Nick's perspective, we're learning about the now, which I won't say what the now is because I don't want to spoil the book or the movie. And I'm not a big Ben Affleck fan. But I do really like two of his movies. This one and The Accountant. But I think I mostly like this one because his character is kind of a person that you really don't root for. Like, you don't really want to root for her either. But you kind of find yourself rooting for her more than you do him. (laughs) Or at least I do. And it's one of those weird cases where neither character is a good person. Like, there are no heroes in this one. So what's on the horizon for you? Is there any next book? Yeah, so like I said earlier, two books that I have on my bookshelf that I'm probably never going to actually read are Alexander Hamilton by Ron Chernow and John Adams by David McCullough. They are both free on Libby right now, which is sweet. <laughs> Bear with me. They are 30 hours and 36 hours long. <gasps> the Prince copies are 808 pages and like 750 pages. Reminds me of the Odyssey. You ever have to read that in school? I don't know if I can commit to a 36 hour long basically biography. I will. I'm sure I will at some point, but that's a that's a commitment. Well, I can guarantee you nobody else has it on hold, so you should be able to renew it as many times as you need to. You're telling me you don't have a hold on it right now? Nope. It's all yours, buddy. I don't think anybody does. (laughs) Not for that many hours. Real quick thought. Why did this exist? Or maybe it did exist. When we were in school, I would have never read anything. I would just listen to it. Of course, we didn't have smartphones or things like that, obviously. I am so jealous of the people that can just like... Pour a cup of coffee, kick back, and read a book and, like, find it relaxing and not a struggle. You know what's kind of funny about this is, like, I really love audiobooks so much that I don't think I'll ever, like, go to, like, paper books. Unless I absolutely have to. Paper books. (laughs) You know what I mean. They're so fun to shop for and own, though. They are fun to shop for and own. But what's funny is my dad actually... Somebody he grew up with. I wouldn't say a friend. It's kind of funny. So I went to visit my parents, um, obviously, to help them with my grandmother's apartment and getting stuff out of there and then for the funeral itself. And while I was in town, we stayed near my dad's hometown. And he was driving me around and, like, pointing out all this, like, stuff. He was like, oh, this is where we had to clean out beer out of the car one time and, like, telling me all these stories. And I'm like dying because obviously it's not like oh this is where your mom grew up it's this is where I spilled beer all over the inside of a car um one of the things he told me is that he actually went to high school with somebody who murdered someone and there's a book about it 
And I was like, oh, my gosh, a book. Like, And I was all excited about it. And he goes, yeah, but it's like a book book. And I was like, mm. <laughs> I'll still read it. It's just going to take me a very long time. Just really quickly to wrap up, I just want to let everybody know what's on my hold shelf because I know you're interested. So one of the books I have on hold is called Lost Girls, not to be confused with The Lost Girls. So just Lost Girls. And it's about the Long Island serial killer who is still uncaptured. Um, so I'm very interested. I just don't know a lot about that. So that almost makes it more interesting because I don't know anything. So everything I'll be reading will be something new to me. I have Eat, Pray, hashtag FML, which I found on TikTok and is so different from every other book I've mentioned today. But it's about a girl who I believe she either got married or was about to get married and found out that her partner had cheated on her. So she went on this journey of kind of self-love and finding herself again. So just interested to read that. Mindhunter, which I already mentioned. And Made. Made is a show on Netflix and it is based off of a book. So I'm very excited to read that as well. The Netflix series made me cry in the gym in front of a lot of people. So I'm a Pisces. We cry a lot. All right. I think we're done nerding out. I think we've out-nerded ourselves. That was a full year worth of book reviews, guys. As long as I'm coming. And what's funny is me and Brian said a book a month, and I think at this point we are well beyond one book a month so if you have any book recommendations for either brian or i you clearly know what we're interested in at this point send them our way we'd be more than happy to see if they have an audiobook version (laughs) if they don't have an audiobook version maybe we'll still take them as recommendations (laughs) all right bye guys